Welcome to the Arrowhead Kingdom podcast production. Enjoy the show and go Chiefs. Hello, Chiefs Kingdom, and welcome to the Arrowhead Kingdom Chiefs cast live from the MKE, where we're going to be talking Chiefs and all things NFL. I'm Josh, and today we are going to be talking about week 12. That was and previewing week 13. Big reminder that all Chiefs fans are invited to join us for game day. Visit arrowheadkingdom.org to learn more about the group and to find your local chapter. And also, please make sure to like, share, and subscribe to our channel. We're going to be talking Chiefs, and of course, we are presented by Complete Weddings and Events, your leading provider of photo, video, DJ, photo booth, lighting, and coordination services. Visit them at completewedo.com. And today, it's going to be Brian and I, and we're going to be short of Chris. Hey, Josh. How you doing? Feeling good? I'm, I'm feeling great. I, uh, I I love that uh, Bronco player getting hit in the back of the head thing in front of the Simpsons. That's uh, Denver Broncos. That's resonating with me for two reasons. First of all, I feel like that's what I watched. And second of all, um, I was in uh, Universal Studios in Orlando this week and went on a Simpsons ride. And uh, that that would have been good there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like whenever I replay that after we uh, beat the Broncos and March is like, I think only the Broncos is pretty good. And Homer goes, March, you just don't understand football. Yep, yep, that's true. Yep. Uh, have you ever been to Universal Studios in Orlando? I have, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I really didn't know what their ride situation was like. I mean, I've been to Disney. It's better I mean, than Disney World. It's way better than Disney World. I mean, I guess Disney World is like, it's when you're a kid, more when you're younger, or maybe it's just your own personal style. But Tanya and I went to, uh, when we, last time I went to Orlando, we much preferred Universal over Disney World. But yeah, the ride situation um, is spectacular as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they're they're just completely different. Um, I like them both for for you know certain reasons. When were you there last? Well, uh, I proposed to Tanya at Disney World, so we've been married six years, seven years, so about six years ago, something like that. Got it. So, what were the what were the new rides when you were there? Uh, let's see. The Incredible Hulk was there at Universal. That okay. magnet. Whenever we went on that, that was the first time Tanya had ever like been on a roller coaster that like uses magnets to sh- to propel you. Yeah. And she wasn't ready for it, <laughs> and she said that was like she just freaked out. I mean, we were already freaked out because we're on this huge roller coaster, and she was thought it was going to be like this thing you just go down, but no, it, it shoots you out of the uh, uh, kind of rockets you off there, and it's really awesome. Um, so yeah, that's what, that's the ride I remember most was the incredible Hulk and, um, the other ones are pretty uh, standard. Oh, we also did the Jurassic park ride. Um, the animatronic, did you ever ride that one where it takes you through the thing and, uh, it's like the water ride and they have the T-Rex animatronic T-Rex. And I got to tell you, like, even though we know, <laughs> as far as I can tell, dinosaurs are extinct. It, you have like this weird, like it is freaky. Like you're like you're in survival mode when you see it because the 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 artists who made it and the animatronics did a really good job of making you like have that fear, that primal fear <laughs> of seeing a freaking T Rex right there. So you're picturing Jeff Goldblum saying, <clears throat> "You spent all this time trying to figure out if you could recreate dinosaurs. You didn't take a step back to think about whether you should." <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah exactly it, and uh i think I, I also oddly enough i did not have my shirt on when i was on that ride just like that scene with him uh looking all handsome in jurassic park as well so uh, yeah. i am banned from universal universal studios now okay but uh but i had my fun and i'll go back later so but yeah we we uh we did that and then i forget um 
did they have a, a Simpsons thing there? I don't recall that. Did they have a thing there for the Simpsons? I think that's fairly new. Um, the, but I, I definitely went on Simpsons. And I'll tell you right now, the, uh, the park has changed since you've been there. And, you know, I think that's a little bit of a testament to um, what Universal does, because they, they clearly change their content more often than Disney. I mean, people will talk about uh, some of the stuff that's in Disney now. I mean, obviously, they've added star wars they've added um and you know finding nemo is another one that's been pretty new but um i'm gonna i'm gonna first tell you that uh the two rides that i didn't go on that i wanted to were that jurassic park water ride and it was because it just got too late in the day and i didn't feel like getting wet anymore and the uh hulk ride and um part of that was uh, we had a guy in our group that couldn't fit on that coaster so we we ended up going past it um but they've uh, they've added some stuff. Uh, so the I feel like I'm in that situation right now. If I go back, I probably couldn't fit on the roller coaster anymore. <laughs> they say, sir, get out of here. I'm like, yeah, oh, right. You're right. I got to go. But <laughs> um, my, my absolute favorite ride, um, there's a Jurassic Park Velocicoaster and it's based on Jurassic World. So there's a oh, there's cool. a video um, as you're walking in to the main thing before you get seated. And it's got Chris Pratt's character from Jurassic World and um the the people in the the boardroom or lab or whatever are sitting there talking about how you're going to go on a ride being chased by velociraptors he's like i think this is a horrible idea i'm going to go on the record right now saying i don't think you should be doing this <laughs> so it's a so it's a great but it's uh it's the magnetic where you uh shoot out go out hot and um there are no shoulder harnesses it's all just uh like a lap bar that holds you and you're you're corkscrewing you're upside down Ooh. you're cocking back and forth yeah it was a it was, it was good. It's the uh, best roller one of those, coaster we've ever ridden. Like a subway rail, you hang on. That's yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But the uh, the thing that they've really gone all in on right now is they've done a, a huge Harry Potter thing that spreads across both of the two parks. Was it one park or two parks when you went last? Uh, I went to both uh, Universal and Disney World. Well, no, no, no. Universal's two parks now. It's like Universal oh. and Island Adventures. Oh, good lord! Okay, yeah, they were yeah. yeah they were building that when I was there. Okay. Got it. I, I remember seeing it looked really cool, but I do remember the Harry Potter thing, and that looked really. We did that roller coaster, and um, but yeah, they were building something else that looked really cool. Yeah, so they they basically had five Harry Potter rides, and one of them was uh, it was called like Hagrid's uh, Run or something, and so you're on a motorcycle, so it's it's two parts of a cart, and uh, you can either sit in the sidecar, you can be on a motorcycle for a roller coaster yeah oh, that's which awesome. was uh which was neat but um and then you walk around and it's like the entire harry potter world you can like buy wands and do magic and stuff well i'm looking forward to vladimir growing up a little bit more so i have an excuse to go to disney world to see the star wars stuff so yeah. if he can yeah. just if he can pick it up so i can take him to disney world so you pay it right so he aged enough where he remembers it right that's always exactly. the that's what my parents always say he's like well you can take a toddler there but they're not gonna really have the memories you gotta wait a little bit that's so that's the strategy i guess exactly exactly uh, so, so he needs to hurry up and grow up so i can go there but yeah in, in addition to being in florida i was there for uh for meeting for wedding service and also made it out early for uh sunday night football game was able to watch the game with the orlando chapter of arrowhead kingdom so mad props to uh christina and crew for uh all the hospitality is a place called friendly confines uh, it's apparently also the uh, cleveland browns bar and also the nebraska corn huskers bar i found um one of those things out while i was there and another one with uh the nebraska people i was in, in orlando with telling me that they had been to that place for uh for a husker game but um apparently talking to christina the uh chapter leader for arrowhead kingdom 
when the uh, Chiefs and Browns played each other in a playoff game, the uh, fire marshal came by and was just like, do not let anybody else in that building. <laughs> so they, uh, they had that place pretty packed, which um, sounded like a pretty, uh, pretty wild time. And that sounds um, like fun. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, that's why, that's why you watch sports with, with people and everything, but um, let's talk about that game. Uh, so Ooh. the chiefs got Ooh. another win. They're eight Ooh. and four. And get a Ric Flair. Yeah. Can't, can't say that it was the prettiest win in the world, but I never felt like a win was, you know, anything but the only conclusion that that game was going to come to. That's, that's, that's how I felt. Yeah, no, uh, I, we still, I think we've talked about this over the last few games, uh, breaking down things, not exactly been pretty wins, but keyword is wins. And that's what we need to focus on. Um, I mean, the, the, the pretty, they want to focus on pretty as uh, defense still doing a pretty job. Like when we say pretty, when things are ugly, our offense isn't doing the output, at least that's Correct. what I think you're saying, Josh, uh, tell Correct. me I'm wrong, but our, our offense isn't doing the output of what we're used to seeing, what we've become accustomed to over the previous few years, but our defense has just made it really, I mean, is this the same? Same team as we've seen the exactly. exactly. weeks one through five, one through six, and one through seven. I mean, this is just uh, now if we can just get the both of those to click going into the the next six weeks, uh, could be fun. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, think about if the offense that put five Raiders touchdown passes on the Raiders shows right. up for one of these games and the defense does what they did. I mean, there were there were two times that I felt like Denver was in a position where they could possibly get themselves back into the game and make it interesting. And both of them in with an interception. Yeah, you know, one. exactly. Uh, yeah. Those uh, interceptions. I mean, when you have like those big plays that I think we've been really, we've been lacking, uh, we've been seeing like those big momentum shifts that we uh, over the years, we want to see, but those really turn the game around uh, big defensive stops. Um, and also like, I don't know what the, like what the record is of tipped interceptions, but I think Mahomes is probably knocking on that because how many times has he had, passes get right in the hands of the receiver and they get tipped and, and then they turn over there. I believe it's seven. I've, I've seen that number float around online this week. And I believe there's seven times that he's had a uh, ball hit a receiver in the hands and it results in an interception. And I so, also think that uh, chiefs passer or chiefs receivers are leading the uh, league in drops right now. Um, okay. I could be looking both of those up right now, but I'm not going to, but um, we're, we're all, we're, we're just talking basic observations right now. And I think we've seen that the entire year. I mean, he's, he's throwing balls that are hitting guys in the hands and uh, we're not picking up first downs. We're having things bounce around and turn into interceptions. And, and the whole thing is like a collective result that the chiefs offense doesn't work. And Patrick Mahomes is in a slump. And I think that both of those things are true, but not to the degree that they are, are looking like if, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you can say, I mean, a slump quote unquote slump, uh, he's not been the, the Mahomes that we're used to seeing, uh, but he's still, uh, we're still getting the ball in the end zone. Like, uh, even though we had one touchdown against the Broncos, um, it's just not what we've been used to. And thankfully our defense has stepped up, but yeah, when, I mean, it just seems like every game or every other game with it's seven. So what is that just about once every other game as uh, give or take and uh, just yeah. like a, a, a tipped pass right in the hands and it goes into the, turns into a momentum shift of a uh, interception. So, you know, uh, I mean, eventually, uh, you know, you got to take care of the ball. Obviously we do that way, but I don't know how much better you can make it. It reminds me of the Super Bowl last year where we had like the most amazing uh, incomplete passes that hit the receivers right in the face. It's like, we put it right there. Um, but you know, uh, but we're producing and 
Also, tip of the hat to Butker, uh, keeping the, the – he had a 56-yarder. Uh, he just kept on like, you know, we weren't p- producing, um, you know, the, the touchdown kind of momentum we needed, but he kept the, the points on the board growing and letting our defense do what they had to do to, to stop uh, and, and demoralize the, the Broncos. Uh, but, you know, so I'm, I'm, I really can't get over, though. He, like, has these amazing kicks, but he always has a PAT miss. Like, and it's been going on for years now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's see. Let's look at let's look at his statistic line here. Kicking, 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 kicking. Yeah, so three for three for field goals, one for two for PATs, and uh, you know he did have that he did have that doink field goal, but it wasn't the fifty six yarder. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and uh, tip of the hat to I think uh, well Misty, I think uh, your wife Misty was my fantasy football opponent, and she had Butker. And I was getting, I was, it was back in that situation where I don't want him to do a good job, but I want the chiefs to win. So I'm yeah, like, yeah. I'm glad that I went through. I'm like, I'm clinching my teeth. Like, I'm glad he made that good. Yeah, exactly. Good no, he, uh, he drained a 56 yarder to send the chiefs up 10 to uh, nothing. He doinked in a 45 yarder to send him up 13 to uh, three. And then he um, missed the PAT after that Sorensen, uh, Dirty Dan, Dunder Cheap, who is uh, not the most hated guy in Kansas City anymore. Um, 75-yard touchdown return interception. I like, um, I like how he said, like, he doesn't read the news or social media. I'm like, that's a good thing you don't do that. You're, I'm glad you stayed away from all of that, Dan. <laughs> it's <laughs> also not true. <laughs> is it not true? Okay. <laughs> I, I just I, – I don't believe anybody who says that. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I just – I don't believe it. Um there's, if, I'm having uh, a bad year, if I'm having a bad year, if I was a professional athlete and maybe I'm having a bad year, maybe like, maybe I don't want to read that right now. Just kind of focus on getting better. But I'm having a great year. I probably would want to read all the good stuff. I don't think there's a world where you can not read it at all. All right. I don't know. Uh, I don't. Yeah. I don't. You like take away his Wi-Fi privileges and <laughs> like, you can't well, exactly, exactly, exactly. Yeah. I just, I, I don't know. Um, but there's, there's a difference between reading something and going like, or just reading it and being like, hey, okay, they don't think I'm any good at football. I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. Well, yeah, I guess I that, I, that I believe they're professional athletes. Like, well, yeah, they're saying that well, I got to turn it around or something. I, I know what I'm doing. I just got to. No, gotta exactly. Exactly. Here. And, uh, you know, when, when you get to a certain level of success, and I think this is in any kind of field, and I, I can't tell you that I've ever gotten anything like this. And I, I, I think this is, you know, you want to talk about a one percenter situation. That's what we're talking about. But yeah, I, I think that if you get good at anything, um, there's just a certain point where there's going to be criticism and it's going to get loud if, if for no other reason that there's people that just want something to talk about. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think a lot of uh, you, you go on social media and you see, it's just like, Oh, these bandwagon fans and just taking all these weird takes saying that the sky is falling down and stuff. I mean, it, it kind of makes you wonder how many of these, uh, you know, people doing this are just trying to bait fan groups. <laughs> Mm-hmm. is there like a how old is dan Sorensen? he looks a little bit older he's, he's got the uh, we looked this up before i want to say he's 33 but let me look here so yeah he's uh he's getting up there like he's playing he's playing like no he's he's 31 i'm i'm looking it up right now but uh he's he's 31 and look this we've looked this up 
He's 31. Is there like a special category for like the Dan Sorensons and Hunter Renfros who look like dudes who are like, no, they look a little older, like, but somehow they're still playing professional football. Yeah. <laughs> like, they don't look the part of like uh, an elite athlete, but then you see him play like, oh God, you guys produce uh, producing lately. Yeah, so. he's 31, uh, born March 5th, 1990 in Riverside, California. So way younger than both of us. Um, no, yeah. uh, there, was a, there was a meme that, somebody was showing me last night and it shows a picture of dk metcalf with his shirt off and oh i saw that he's like, like all boxing or whatever and then yeah. it shows hunter renfro when he hasn't had a haircut for like <laughs> six receiving. months he looks yeah yeah he looks and it's like one of these guys has a thousand yard receiving in the nfl this season. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> renfro. oh yeah it's hunter renfro yeah well uh yeah no that i guess it goes to i mean i guess he just Throw, put the ball in his hands and he'll catch it. I mean, that's what they call him third and Renfro. So I guess he's the guy who uh, you go to whenever you need a catch and you need a first down, I guess. So, and heck, he's been doing that since college. Didn't he play at like Clemson or Auburn or something? It was Auburn, maybe. Yeah, let's see here. Hunter Renfro. Saw him on that NFL, uh, HBO Hard Knocks. I think it was maybe Auburn. Hunter Renfro Raiders. Um, yeah, Clemson. I, okay. I I thought you were correct. I just wanted to double check that before we. But uh, yeah. So uh, the the Broncos. So they are. So we're. Gosh, we're in still. Uh, it feels good to be winning the AFC West, though. Still feels we're, good. We're we're eight and four. We're in the uh, we're in the fourth seed right now because we've lost to the three teams that are in. Oh yeah. Well, sorry. The Patriots are nine and three. We haven't played them. We're not going to play them. But. Right. The, uh, um, other division leaders are the uh, Titans and the Ravens who are also waiting for, and we've lost to both of them. So we're, we're definitely in a situation if we're wanting, um, you know, one seed, we're going to have to uh, beat the uh, Patriots on the record. Cause I'm, I'm fairly certain I, I dug into this and I mean, there's, there's just so many different, um, different criteria. If we went out and the Patriots went out, both teams will end up being, um, 13 and four. And I believe the Patriots based on AFC record would be the uh, one seed. So okay. I'm going to play for you something I heard on ESPN. Yeah, let's do it. Stephen A. Smith. Let's see here. He's talking about. Oh, I didn't know we were going to learn something today. You could say that to me, my mentality is this. It's about who else is in the AFC. And when I think fixing, I think, okay, are you going back to the Super Bowl? I don't think Kansas City's going back to the Super Bowl. Oh, so. Yeah, I, I think when you do that. All right. He doesn't think Kansas City is going back to the Super Bowl. Did you hear that? I did. And uh, I feel like he is taking a line of um, if you get a chance to take a bet, are you betting on the Chiefs or the field? He's taking the field. There, there, yeah. isn't, there hasn't been a take by Stephen A. Smith anytime recently that leads me to believe that he's got anybody that he actually believes is better than kansas city but he doesn't think kansas city's good enough to go back to the super bowl i, I understand that take um uh, i'll yep. uh i'll tell you my my direction on that is uh more of a glass half full and uh you know why wouldn't kansas city go back to the super bowl again and that's where that's where i've been and at this point i would say that it's more along the lines of i expect it because uh the defense has um done more than enough to prove that they've righted their ship. They've gotten everybody healthy. They've figured out a uh, scheme system that's going to work for them to not only keep points off the board, but to make the key turnovers. And, you know, realistically speaking, if we got the amount of turnovers that we've gotten since the defense has quote unquote gotten right, 
Um, you know, I definitely don't think we lose to Baltimore, which means we're the three seed right now. And, and yeah, that and Titans game is just, uh, you know, an anomaly. We probably beat the Chargers. So in that situation, we're sitting at 10 and two. We're the one seed. And I think the entire world would be like, oh, yeah, you know, the offense could be a little bit better, but I trust Patrick Mahomes to get there. And uh, this team's going to go to the Super Bowl again. So I, at this point, fully expect to see them in the AFC championship game. And if I had to pick an opponent right now, um, I would probably say the Patriots. And, and after watching the Patriots play that game again uh, on Monday night, and they threw it one time, I'm like, okay, can it be a cold, windy night game? Because I think put those put Mac Miller versus Mahomes. Mahomes does really good in the cold of the pairs. We've seen him play really well in the cold. And like apparently Mac Miller, they, they don't have a whole lot of trust. Mac, Mac Jones, not Mac Miller. <laughs> Mac, oh my God, Mac Jones. My, my bad. What was I thinking of? Uh, Mac Jones. Uh, yeah, Brian, I miss that. Mac Miller too. I really do. He, uh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> so, so the uh, RIP, dude. RIP. Yeah, Mac Jones. Excuse me. Um, and the the but the quarterback, like in the situation, like I remember watching that game Monday night. And it was just handing it off constantly, constantly. And I'm looking at Tanya. I'm like, they're really going to hand it off this entire game, and they they absolutely did, and it worked. Uh, but I feel like you really could you can't do that against the. I feel like the Chiefs would take care of that. Um, so. But that's just me on the Patriots. So if it was Patriots versus Chiefs, I have a after watching their performance on Monday, Monday night, I feel like pretty confident the Chiefs could uh, be competitive in that game. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, this, this is uh, if, if there's a pick your sides in the Brady Belichick. Let's uh, let's call Tom Brady the uh, the uh, the the light side of the force, and Bill Belichick is the dark side. Let's go Star Wars here. Um, we're watching the uh, Empire Strikes Back right now because uh, Brady went out and won a Super Bowl last year without Belichick. And Belichick just seems like a man on a mission to prove a point that he is, um, you know, way more important to that team than, than Tom Brady was. And uh, he just seems on a mission to do more with less. And, you know, I'd argue that Bill Belichick wins a Super Bowl this year with Mac Jones. He's done more with less than Tom Brady winning Super Bowl with the uh, Bucks last year. And that just uh, stout defense and the amount of weapons that he had around him. Not to take away anything that uh, Tom Brady and Bruce Arians and the, uh, the Bucks um, organization that put together last year. I mean, they were, they were the champions and they popped the Chiefs in the mouth in the Super Bowl. But it would be more impressive if Belichick pulls off what he's doing right here. And that, that game against the bills was him just, you know, proving a point, but to uh, kind of go back to the original question that you had, I mean, Stephen A. Smith um, in, in my opinion, isn't really taking a stand on anything other than uh, he's calling for the, uh, the end of the, uh, the uh, chief's magic to go. And um, that to me is no different than everybody at the beginning of the season decides this is the year that Tom Brady is going to fall off physically. <laughs> right. And that's a good point too. It's like, yeah, you're picking one team against the field. I remember one time watching a guy who picked, he, he was, um, he picked Tiger Woods to win an entire tournament. This is years ago when Tiger Woods was on his, like, uh, you know, his winning spree or whatever. This is a bad example because he picked one player over the field and Tiger Woods didn't end up winning that tournament. <laughs> so that guy made a, a boatload of money. But essentially, yeah, it was like the people were like talking about how you can pick one player over the entire field. And he goes, yeah, it's Tiger Woods. He's always he's always in play. Uh, so, but yeah, uh, perhaps uh, perhaps that's the the safe play. But there, there seems like there's not really a breakout 
team. I mean, maybe the Cardinals, you could argue, is a breakout team uh, with the way they're playing. Um, but like, it seems like everyone else is within two or three games of being from first to last. So not last, but close to the bottom. Yeah. Well, I mean, looking at the standings, though, as of right now, um, the Patriots have a game in hand. They played one extra game in hand. Um, so let's uh, let's throw them and the uh, Colts kind of out of this situation right now, because that's the uh, one and the eight seed. So the Colts are the first team out. Colts are seven and six. The Patriots are nine and four. I mean, so the difference between one and eight for the two teams that have played 13 games that are on by this week, it it's two games between missing the playoffs completely or being the number one seed. So that's Jeez. wild. But then if you look at the uh, two through seven, it's the uh, Titans, Ravens, and Chiefs all at eight and four. Then it's the uh, Chargers, um, Bengals, and Bills all at seven and five. So there's one game that's separating the, uh, the, the, the entire like, uh, last part of it. And this, um, if, if the season ended today, if the season was over and we were setting up playoff matches, we would have Titans, Bills, great rematch there we would have Bengals Ravens great rematch there which is also a division game and then you would have the Chiefs hosting the Chargers which is a great rematch in a division game so that that's where we're at I mean we need to not rule out the uh, likes of a Bills or of a uh, Colts a I'll kind of say this with a straight face Raiders um and uh you know browns but a a team that i've got an eye on from a dark horse standpoint is uh the miami dolphins because they beat the uh giants last week they've played 13 games they're six and seven i think their slow start's going to ultimately get them but when they uh when they come back from the bye weeks 15 through 17 are hosting the jets at the uh saints and at the titans and then they host the uh patriots for the the last game of the season. So they're doing what they normally do to the, the Patriots and cause them trouble in week 18 to end the season and, and kind of taking care of business in some of those other ways. Uh, there, there's a world where I can see the Dolphins being 10 and seven. Um, they most likely miss the playoffs with 10 and seven, but I can certainly see it. Wow. How about that? I mean, I saw this graphic uh, also laid out the potential, like the exact way that, even the Detroit Lions could make it to the playoffs, but like, you know, 25 games have to go a certain way and they have to win out. Yeah. But I guess, I guess what I'm trying to articulate here is even, even the Lions have a path to the playoffs. That's how close we all are, close the teams are. Yeah. And obviously no one would ever consider them a playoff like uh, potential, but that's how like, there's not really one true breakaway. Like I said, you could argue the Cardinals, but even they are starting to slow down a little bit. But uh, but you could argue that you know they were uh, they are they have the most wins so far from what I can tell here, and um, yep, so that. it's a yeah it's a I guess is a kind of a fun season because there's a lot of even the, the talent and the strategy is really kind of laid out evenly so it could be anyone's game but uh, at this point the Chiefs with their defense going the way they're going and like you said putting together a kind of Raiders uh, offense. If they can piece those two things together going into the playoffs or in a playoff situation, that'll really raise some alarm bells. Uh, yeah, absolutely. As of right now, there is one of the 32 teams that's officially eliminated from playoff contention, and that is the Houston Texans. They are 2-10, and 10, but they uh, – um, let's see here. 
I feel like the Jags should be eliminated as well. But looking I'm on looking. ESPN at the standings, it's saying that the uh, Houston Texans are the only team that that's eliminated. But those those teams are two and ten. But I'll I'll just say this. Um, I have a spreadsheet because that's how I organize stuff like this. That's got the schedule for the rest of the teams in the AFC that I think have a chance enough to uh, make a playoff berth that it's worth actually looking at what they have um, in, in, in front of them. And I have 13 teams on that spreadsheet. Huh. <laughs> so I go all the way down to the Miami dolphins who are the division team right now. And so the only ones I'm leaving out are the jets at three and nine and then the Texans and the Jags at two and 10. And uh, realistically, I could not put that spreadsheet together without having the dolphins included, just looking at who they play. So you basically have a whole conference worth of I have the entire conference, I have the entire conference. And yeah, I mean, there's not a single playoff berth that's been clenched, which we have 18 games, but you know, norm- normally through 13 weeks, you would start to see some, you know, potential, but um, you know, at this point I, I did, this is going to come down to the, to the wire. So, I mean, the every game matters. I mean, if you're watching every game, the chiefs play, like, it seems like every game matters. It's like not really a runaway situation. Is it, it is like, seems like even as more games go on, the more important they, they are. So when you look yeah. back, I think I see this and I see this in our text group all the time. I'm like, oh, that Ravens game, that Ravens game, uh, or like uh, even the Chargers game too. Like uh, those in, you know, it's just, it's a game of inches. Right. But yeah. And also takes me back to like, like you said, the anomaly Tennessee Titans game. Like, I don't know what the hell happened in that game, but if it's momentum, but Ryan Tannehill's he's on my fan, my fantasy football team. He's not, he's been kind of a disappointment this year for uh fantasy yes. football output. Yes. And, uh, but they're still part of the conversation. They're winning. They have, they're leading the AFC South. I mean, even that game, we held them uh, the running game, even in check, which was supposed to be the, uh, you know, the, the thing that the storyline. So we'll see what happens with the Titans and everything. But I mean, it seems like they're, they need to fix some things before they be, they must have had their game together whenever they played us or we were just so slow we didn't have if i recall correctly we didn't score a touchdown and we were just, there was no momentum we couldn't get anything going so yeah we did we did nothing i mean i do know what happened in that titans game we got killed um we just got beat down we we didn't we didn't really show up as a team um derrick henry was held to 86 yards rushing one 11 yard run um didn't score a touchdown it's insane you know if, if, if you if you throw that stat out you know, if you would just tell somebody, hey, Chiefs played the Titans, Derrick Henry had 86 yards rushing. He had one on 11 carry on uh, 29 carries, so three yards a rush. Whew. He had one run for 11 yards. They had a total of 103 yards rushing, 2.9 yards per carry, one touchdown. The first thing that I would say is, okay, who the hell scored a touchdown if Derrick Henry didn't? Um, the answer is Ryan Tannehill. But the, uh, the, the next thing that I would say is uh my second question is how many points did the chiefs win by yeah right oh my god <laughs> yeah that's been like so uh sounds like we clobbered them like whoa slow down there mahomes had 206 yards passing um zero touchdowns one interception uh qbr rating a 6.4 ooh, ooh. by the way chad henny dropped that decimal point and came in and had a 64 for the uh, 16 passes he threw and Oh, well, there you go. Three fumbles, oh, losing yeah. two of them. So that's it. But no, I mean, the Chiefs have gotten beaten soundly by the Bills and the Titans. Yeah. 
they had uh, two games that could have gone our way against the uh, Ravens and the um, well, the Ravens should have gone. I, I would say could have. It should have gone our way. It just uh, exactly. uh, exactly. Edward Delaire does. It, things happen. Uh, exactly. It. But you know the uh, the counter side to that is if you go back through the rest of the schedule, um, Packers play Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron Rodgers plays when the Packers play, there's yeah. a good chance that's a loss. Um, Things could have gone wrong against the Giants, and I, I can't tell you that I felt comfortable in that game um, towards the end. And, uh, you know, the Browns make a couple more plays. That's different. So, you know, it's like you said, it's a game of inches. Um, all things considered, though, I think that we've, you know, won more games that we should have won than, uh, you know, ones that were close and everything. So we're, we're definitely a winning football team, and our defense is – playing correctly right now and if yeah. uh andy reed and uh, eric b and patrick mahomes um decide to figure out how to score like we have really the past uh three years then this this could be you know look out nfl and then you get over into the uh the nfc side of things and you know it's like uh let's look at the playoff standings for that right now i mean i, I feel I, like they're a little more top heavy than the uh, AFC is getting the Cowboys us. the way we did. It gives me like a stroke of confidence, right? Obviously, yeah, like exactly. you said with the Packers, exactly. uh, exactly. without Aaron Rodgers was um, difficult. Um, but, yeah. uh, it's but the yeah defense. Uh, I mean, maybe the this upcoming game against the Raiders. That's just what we need to like. Can you put down yeah. another 45, 40, 45 points on them? Maybe that'd be cool. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But no, I mean. Six and six teams are in the sixth and seventh spot right now. That's the Washington football team and the 49ers. Um, the uh, Vikings and the Eagles, both sitting at six and seven, are the uh, teams on the outside looking in. And I don't, I don't think you're going to hear anybody with a straight face say that either of those two teams are a threat to do anything other than disappoint their fan base. <laughs> Kirk Cousins, you don't, you listen to him. Yeah, you are. You're having a Mahomes level year of Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Or, I mean, the NFL is less like this. This is more of an NBA thing. But uh, in, in the NBA, the absolute worst place that you can be as a team is the uh, eight seed. Because <laughs> right. uh, there, I can think of one time in my lifetime that I've watched an eight seed win, and that was the Golden State Warriors with um, the hell was that guy's name? Um, who was their uh, point guard? But uh, they, they beat Dirk Nowitzki's um, Mavericks back in the like early 2000s where the really? Mavericks were a one seed and the, the Warriors won as an eight seed. And then there was the uh, Supersonics that knocked off. Um, I don't even remember who. So that, that's how notable these were. And I mean, we're not talking about teams that ended up being like people's champions like that uh, Villanova eight seed team that won the NCAA tournament or anything like that. It's just typically speaking – you're the eight seed in the NBA. You signed up for a uh, first round public execution by whoever the uh, number one seed is, probably run by a LeBron James or Tim Duncan or something like that. And you're going to get embarrassed and not have a chance at a lottery pick, which means you're never going to get better. <laughs> well, it helps. Are those games uh, the first, the one one versus eight in the postseason NBA? Are those best of seven still, or are they best of five? Or how's that? Uh, it's it? best of five, I believe, is the way. The so NBA I think is. this is a good argument that NFL postseason needs to be a best of five played <laughs> five games in one week. Yeah. <laughs> by the fifth game, they're all like dying, <laughs> destroyed. No, I mean what uh what could be done is if um you would do uh 
you know, certain rounds similar to the way, uh, you know, like soccer does where you play two and it's an aggregate of the score. Oh, that would right. be, a, that would be an equalizer, you know? So if you get hammered in one game, so think about the Super Bowl. If the Super Bowl was an aggregate last year, um, mm. we would have to go out and uh, beat Tampa Bay by, you know, three touchdowns in a game to win the Super Bowl, which means it probably wasn't happening. You know, Tampa was a better team and stuff, but um, it takes away from the, uh, hey, the ball bounced this way um, type of thing. Right, yeah, and that's what makes it, like, so tough in the NBA, right? It's like, it's one thing, a terrible team can beat a really good NBA team. It happens when your two best players, maybe on the number one seed, aren't having a good night, and, and you guys are professionals, you play lights out, and you can beat, that can happen. But yeah. when it's a game of best of five or best of seven that equalizes all that, like, that's when I really, that even, that's why, that's why I think we like March Madness, right? Because it's one game, one and done. That's why you get the Cinderella stories out there because, oh, they're getting hot and it can happen. And the the players can get cold. And that's why it's fun. But I guess that's why professional American football is just, uh, nah, just keep it one game at a time and, and put all your emotion into that one game and uh, go move on from there. So, Yeah, I mean, I would say that's why I, uh, that's why I, I love March Madness and why I hate it at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, yeah, I think out of all the spectacles, it's the one. First off, the whole thing lasts all month. If you're a KU fan, obviously, well, I mean, uh, give it pick your year, but uh, we're used to them getting a make good making good runs at it, and yeah. uh, and so like it lasts the whole. If you're if you're having a good run, it lasts the whole gosh, uh, the whole damn month, yeah. and uh, yeah, there's so much emotion into that one game, and anything can happen. So yeah. But By the way, fun. the uh, uh, NBA first round is four, uh, seven games now. Oh, is it okay? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, so like looking at the <clears throat> one versus eight these last uh, seasons. So it was um, Utah Jazz, Memphis Grizzly, Grizzlies in the West, and the Philadelphia 76ers and Washington Wizards in the, the East. Uh, both of those, the one seed won 4 1. And neither one of those were conferences where I think I watched a single game because what was the point? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why yeah. would you? Yeah. <laughs> so. All right. Well, We'll see what happens, but uh, yeah, we. I guess back to football though. The, you know, we'll see what happens with the Raiders. But yeah, I'm looking. I mean, uh, if our defense keeps doing what it's what we're, what we've been doing, I mean, there's no reason why we shouldn't have a a, a lot of fun going into the postseason. Yeah. Just gotta get the offense turner back around. I like seeing uh, Edwards Alaire uh, run, a, run make good runs throughout the Broncos game. So, and, yeah. Um, I mean, we're not. What's going on with our What's going on with our stars? Like, it uh, seems like uh, Hill and uh, Kelsey. Seems like it's just uh, I'm not seeing them as much in these games, or maybe I, I am. It's just not kind of as pomp and circumstances we're used to seeing. I don't know. It seems like uh, have we gotten figured out, or as uh, just uh, we're trying a different strategy of some kind? Yeah, I mean, both of them are dropping their fair share of balls. I mean, it's uh, it, it it's a notice a noticeable thing. Um, Kelsey's still the best tight end in the league. I just don't think that he's um you know, blowing the typical tight end stats out of the water as much as you would normally think, but let's, uh, let's look at what his actual stats are. Cause, um, you know, it's one of, it's one of those where I think he's, he's doing better. It he's, he's not the, uh, think of Steve Nash, you know, and mm -hmm. Steve Nash was playing basketball. You watch Steve Nash and it, there's, there's very few times that you would sit there and just be like, Oh my God, that, uh, that play that he made. I mean, did you see that one thing that he did? But then you look at his stat line at the end of the game, it's just like, oh, good God, that dude had like 20, 30 assists and everybody was involved and uh, they all looked like they were having fun. And it's just like, man, that dude's got the uh, keys to the Ferrari and he might be the only one that can drive this one.
you know, th- think of like those runs with the, with the Phoenix Suns. I mean, Kelsey's kind of doing a little more of that. So he's, uh, he's 16th in the uh, NFL in receiving. So he's got 848 yards, um, which uh, Mark Andrews is 811. He's the tight end for the Baltimore Ravens. And you don't see another tight end until Kyle Pitts at 27, who has 709 yards. The difference between 709 and 848 is pretty staggered or staggering. Um, uh, his average Kelsey's is 12.1 yards per catch. And uh, Kyle Pitts is at 14.5, which means that Kelsey's got more catches, which I would, I would say means, you know, a little bit more of an impact in the game um, in, in keeping the chains moving. Kelsey has five touchdown uh, receptions. Pitts has one. Um, as somebody who has pits on a fantasy team, I can assure you that that is what's going on and it's maddening. Um, <laughs> Mark Andrews has five. So, you know, you have to say that Andrews and, uh, and uh, Kelsey are heads and shoulders above what Pitts is doing just, just based on that, that scoring okay. and the situational piece of things. Um, another one that I'll look at here, total first downs. Kelsey has, uh, 48 first downs and Mark Andrews has 45. Um, Kyle Pitts has 32. So, well, okay. So maybe my, my, another way to phrase it is he's having a good season. We all know. And he's, he's in a hall of famer. We all know. Exactly. Just, I guess the last few games, maybe the last few games, because we watch we watch the chiefs so closely. It's like, where, yeah. where they go? We don't seem like they're doing what they normally do. Is it yeah. Yeah. not getting involved the way we're used to seeing them getting involved? So, but him and Tyree kill, neither one of them have a thousand yards receiving at this point. Um, we're talking about first world problems, but we're also used to, uh, <laughs> seeing him have oh, that's um, bull crap. Thousand, thousand yards through 12 weeks. It's like, oh, God, what are you doing here? You should be at 1200. <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about here? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, he's having a he's having a good season, but, um, you know, it's not just making the mark that uh, if you look at the top of receiving like Cooper Cup is uh, 1366 receiving yards, 11 touchdowns. Um, you know, he was outpacing Randy Moss's best season at one point earlier this year. Uh, the uh, Rams all as a whole have kind of cooled off and everything. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that um, they can both help themselves out by making more of these catches that they should be making. And, uh, you know, if they make the catches where Mahomes hits them in the, in the hands where they're moving in the direction of the football – uh, and they, they pick up a couple of, uh, you know, slight misthrows by Mahomes, but still catchable, then you're, you're talking like elite number realm. So, yeah. 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 That's, uh, yeah. If you just, just clean that up a little bit, I guess. Uh, but I think you said the best. It's a first world problem. Like uh, still exactly. the output exactly. we're doing is just fine. So I guess it gives us hope. And that's why that, that's why people, when we watch the chiefs as closely as we do, and we follow these games, like when you're, you know, uh, when you're like two and four or two and five, like we're in, like, yeah, it sucks, but I'm not worried about it. We know how competitive we are. We know the weapons we have. They're right there. They're doing good. It's just, yeah, defense got to get, it has to be turned around. That's why when you watch this closely and, and follow it as closely, it's like, and uh, I guess that's, I know Josh, you've been in that for years, but I'm a little kind of new to the party here. So it's a lot more fun to, I guess, uh, get more involved in the, watching the seasons like this. But well, what, I th- so, yeah. what I think would be interesting is um, if you go back to, the nineties, Marty Schottenheimer era teams. Um, we never had anything remotely close to 
uh, great quarterback play. We, we had spurts a solid. We had some where it was uh, clearly a weak spot. We had somewhere it was incompetent. Um, that season we had Dwayne Heward whenever Trent Green got hurt and he went on to be like the best quarterback with the, as a backup. And it was like, so this is what it's like to have a, an awesome quarterback every game. This is awesome. Yeah. 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 But so uh, it, it, it's just one of those, like, it, I think about if our defense was doing what it is now back in that period of time, and we had a lot of seasons like that, um, we'd be talking Super Bowl and just saying like, ah, oh, man, we just need Mahomes to make six plays a game, blah, blah, blah. But here these past three years, we've been like, ah, I don't really care what the defense does. Sutton, don't ruin this for everybody. Um, you know, let's just make sure that we get enough pressure to uh, win a game or whatever. But um, we're, we're going to go on the, uh, the arms of Patrick Mahomes. And it's like we're just we're not prepared for what that 90s football looked like again. Uh, but the good news is we still have Patrick Mahomes and he, he proved against the Raiders that he can – go out and throw up 400 yards and five touchdowns. And, uh, you know, he might do that again this Sunday. Let's see what happens. I'm looking forward to it. And set Arrowhead. So yeah, and the weather should be nice. I think I could be wrong. I think it's supposed to be nice though. All right. So. Any fantasy players you were looking at this last week? Oh, you know, me, uh, my normal Kirk cousins, uh, who was, okay. Who was I looking at? I'm looking at my, uh, let me pull up my stuff here. Uh, back in the Monday night game, tip of the hat to uh, the strategy from the Patriots because my opponent only needed to make one point or like they needed to score six points. Uh, and the one player they had on the on the Patriots was J Myers, Jay Myers, uh, and um, the wide receiver for New England. And, you know, I got to say, uh, them only throwing it one time, the Patriots and handing it off the rest of the game. You should have seen me. I was really excited with the strategy <laughs> as a guy who was playing against the opponent who needed that player to score at least one touchdown or make a complete catch of some kind. So uh, Myers, I guess that's my uh, player. I'm sure I felt, I mean, I, I felt kind of bad because, you know, you have all these athletes out there, like uh, tight ends and receivers uh, for the Patriots. And they're like, can you just throw us the ball one time? And Belichick's like, no, <laughs> you're just going to block and you're going to like it. <laughs> yeah so uh mac jones um scored less than one point think think about if you were in a position where you were needing like five or six points and you had mac jones and he had 0.46 um two for three 19 yards uh so I'm, I'm gonna go a different direction and uh you know cheers to everybody who was able to uh get alexander madison on their bench and into their lineup when uh he was able to spell Dalvin Cook this week as we uh, push towards the playoffs. I certainly appreciated getting that uh, RB1 off the bench um, out of Alexander Madison. And uh, he's uh, he's one of uh, two really interesting running backs that I think we have in the league right now. He backs up Dalvin Cook in Minnesota and Tony Pollard backs up Zeke Elliott in uh, Dallas. And in, in the Dallas situation, I don't even know that you can call Tony Pollard a backup anymore. Um, he, he plays. Uh, so as we get into uh, the uh, further depths of um, contract situations when in both of those places, you have uh, very, very competent backups that are probably massive discounts over what the uh, league guys would do, but the uh, production is not as uh, stark of a, of a drop-off. So those are two things to uh, keep in mind. Hey, Josh, let me, can you share my, let me share the screen. So I have a meme you made me think of just now. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Let me give you uh, permission here. All right, go for it. 
All right. So, uh, so Mac Jones, uh, the, the meme is Mac Jones helping the Patriots beat the Buffalo Bills. And right here. <laughs> all right put yourself oh, in a not, position not, done, to not die and they open the door <laughs> <laughs> look at this i like it there we go i like it i like it yeah that's right <laughs> basically no yeah. that's uh that's that's pretty accurate pretty accurate and bill belichick is the one driving the train he's going like what are you doing it's like imagine if uh i told you stand on that platform we'll be back here here's a game we're gonna play it's called don't fumble the snap all you gotta do is don't fumble the snap and hand it this, this dude he's gonna run the ball that way you just give it to him so exactly. yeah i can imagine that let's say like the whole the whole uh, game is just like handing the ball off but mag jones has like three fumbles because of snaps like god dang it do we have to like put uh, a position player in to play quarterback for this, but, um, yeah, but yeah, that, um, that was quite a game. I've never seen that before. I probably won't see it again. I, I'm guessing it's also had something to do with how cold and windy it was. Uh, but I guess that's what it is. And, uh, so that was my fantasy sports right there. So got it. Got it. Um, do you have a song for the week? Oh, song, 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 song. Oh gosh. Uh, is there a song called, uh, keep it going. Is that a song name? <laughs> keep it up. So, so <laughs> let's go we, we need to we need to come up with uh songs like remember the skit where uh will farrell was playing the devil and he was trying to help garth brooks write a song yeah yeah yeah, yeah. As like that. keep it going sunday evening that's a big win for the chiefs <laughs> yeah i think we just wrote a song it's called keep it going there you go uh but yeah that uh it's just momentum, right? I mean, we keep on getting these W's. I know we use the word ugly, and I think most of the kind of press also would say they're ugly. They're not used to what we're saying here, but defense is looking pretty, so let's keep it going. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'll do my uh, uh, devil writing a song for Milo. Taste, look at this tasty look. It's like, hey, Spags, you're a nice guy. Like what Swanson did, that was a good pick. <laughs> wow, that's not, that's Isn't a, that a smash star. <laughs> yeah and that's not even good <laughs> that's ah, not even dang, god this is so <laughs> hard well uh i guess uh do, do you need anything or should i just go <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, i'm leaving i'm living oh something is that good no that wasn't good yeah okay i guess i'll just keep going <laughs> oh, that was good <laughs> all right um so yeah final take and uh i think based on our notes we both Let's had bundle the, it. Uh, same bundle it. thing rock chalk jayhawk that's right Mizzou KU back in business. It's been a been about a decade, hasn't it? And here we are. I still don't quite care for them. I got to tell you. Uh, no, no. Um, and that's uh, that's one of the things that I always think is um is, is crazy is that uh, especially being in Big Ten country, li living here, you'll always hear about like, oh, the best rivalry and entire sports landscape is gonna be the uh, Michigan football and Ohio State football. Okay, cool. Tell me about the time that Ann Arbor or Columbus got burned to the ground. Um, tell me about a time where there was bleeding Michigan or Ohio. Um, tell me about a time where there was a uh, major uh, civil war going on around either. The Smithsonian oh, you guys are just playing football. You guys are just playing football. <laughs> right, yeah, no, it's a, little, it's a little bit deeper than that. Yeah, it cuts a little deeper. 
um i did like uh yeah it's fun to see uh going on twitter and seeing all the uh you know the trash talk again like i used to back in the day when we were caught when we were in college yeah uh, ku is alive uh, i know the students are excited it's an atmosphere for sure and uh i gotta tell you sometimes it, I, I know you're, you're mentioning like yeah it's uh there's a historical factor here it can get out of hand pretty fast uh we gotta behave obviously but it's also fun as long as it's good nature and everyone gets along uh but it's uh still competitive i still don't quite care for the situation but i still uh you know want to see wins so let's do it yeah absolutely it'd be a lot cooler if this was uh you know, games being played twice a season, um, home and aways in the Big 12 Conference. I, I miss the days of the Big 12 Conference that included Missouri and Nebraska. And uh, there was stability with Texas and Oklahoma. But these things are all changing. I mean, this new Big 12 um, is going to be a great basketball conference, I think. Um, just looking at some of the teams that they're bringing in. And, uh, you know, I think both of us are more uh, college basketball than uh, football fans. And this is probably a direct result of how good KU has been at college football. But um, hey, right as a whole, we are right or die. Uh, but, you know, it's yeah. the kind of that's the, that's the situation. I mean, how we've been fans of KU and we're fans of KU football. Um, but, you know, as they, we could say that now, but we're only one or two magical seasons away from us being uh, even more like we're right or die no matter what. We're fans no matter what. But. The, the enthusiasm and momentum shifts a little bit whenever you have a couple of good seasons going that somebody get excited about, which I got to tell you after the last season, the way KU played, it's, uh, it's fun to see some signs of life. So, yeah, it looks like they might be building something and um, it, it, it's interesting. You know, you go through Charlie Weiss, you go through Les Miles, you get the, uh, the big hires and stuff. And um, you know, then it's that, uh, under the radar regime that comes in and uh, kind of turns things around. And so hopefully, hopefully that's where we are, but uh, go, going back to basketball a little bit, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to having some of these rivalries with um, BYU and Cincinnati and Houston. I mean, those are some basketball programs that have uh, made some noise, you know, both consistently and uh, recently. And um, this new big 12 basketball uh, situation could end up being, um, you know, pretty fun, but, definitely Let's not forget about Baylor yeah and then well yeah and Baylor Baylor's still there but you know oh, I, I'm, I'm just kind of looking at the uh you know not only did we lose the Missouri rivalry but I've uh I've always felt like there was a good basketball rivalry with Texas um oh yeah yeah you know, and, uh, it's gonna be unfortunate that that doesn't happen anymore but at the same time like nobody's gonna miss Texas the way we've missed Mizzou <laughs> <laughs> that's absolutely true absolutely so, we yeah yeah. All right. Well, that's uh, right. that game's coming on in 45 minutes. So I'm going to get stuck All right. up. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, um, see you next week, Chiefs Kingdom. Go, Chiefs. Thank you for joining us for this Arrowhead Kingdom podcast production. Join us again next time and go, Chiefs. <laughs>